I've entitled this message this morning, Looking Back and Then Looking Ahead, with a subtitle of Ezekiel 38. And um, I'm going to take a moment and just explain. Uh, when Judy and I were in Arizona, the Lord uh, said you need to include Ezekiel 38 and 39 as part of the tribulation period because it actually begins the tribulation period. And I will show you um, why that is the case. Currently, though, we're um, through the Battle of Armageddon and um, the Lord... Um, as as we see towards the end of this war, that in 17 and 18, we're actually going back into the seven-year period of time. Um, last time I did chapter 17, um, we talked about the one world religion that would be in existence during this time, last for the first three and a half years. And then the Antichrist will actually have this religious, false religious system um, destroyed. We know because of the last verse of chapter 17 that the city is Rome. And um, the reason for its destruction is the Antichrist will have no one else worshipped except him. Everybody else has to go. And if you don't worship him, just like what Nebuchadnezzar did when he had his image, either you bow down and worship, take the mark of the beast, or you die. Those are your options. I'm sure that there will be some that make it through that go underground and hide and do such things like that, that will make it through. But uh, Ezekiel 38 um, has not yet happened. Ezekiel 36 and 37 Both chapters are about Israel being regathered in the last days. That's been fulfilled. And it became a nation in one day. That was a prophecy. Uh, David Ben-Gurion, May 14th, 1948, stood up in one day and declared, this is the nation of Israel. They were immediately attacked by their enemies and against all odds were victorious. Happened again in 67. Um, Against all odds, they were victorious. Happened again in the Yom Kippur War, 1973. Once again, it was the holiest day of the year. Everybody's in synagogue. Caught them completely off guard. And yet, once again, they were victorious. But as I speak this morning, troops are gathering, and I'm getting a little ahead of myself, of... um, Um, troops and war machinery leaving Iran on its way to the um, Israeli border, which would be the Golan Northern Heights. And I'll be getting to that in just a little bit. But I wanted to take just a little bit of time and explain. We do go go through chapter by chapter, verse by verse. And actually, in a sense, we're actually doing this because I want to give you a complete picture of the seven-year period of time. And Ezekiel 38 actually, I believe, um, begins, and I'll show you why in just a bit, 
why it begins this seven-year period of time. So as we look at uh, chapter 38, where Paul read for us earlier, we'll come back and go through the whole chapter, verse by verse. Um, But before we do, um, I want to describe uh, this war that comes right before the start of the tribulation. And here's why I believe that it has to be at the very beginning that actually begins the seven-year period of time. Uh, You're already in Ezekiel 38. Go to Ezekiel 39. Ezekiel 38 is the war itself. Ezekiel 39 we would refer to as the cleanup. And if you look at verse 9 as a um, cleaning up the results of this victorious war that the Lord gets directly involved with. I'm just going to read verse 9. Then those who dwell in the cities of Israel will go out and set on fire and burn the weapons, both the shields and the bucklers, the bows and arrows, javelins, spears, and they will make fires with them for seven years. Why seven years? Because at the end of the seven years, we have the end of the tribulation period. Now, I've heard reports, obviously we're looking at uh, 21st century technology, and here is poor Ezekiel trying to describe it to us in terms that he would understand as military equipment. Um, Interesting that much of uh, Russia and other countries' military equipment is burnable. Anybody ever hear that before? Uh, well, it is, and uh, that can be easily Googled, and, and um, you can do your own research on that. But the reason that um, this, is at, this war is at the beginning is they're going to be cleaning up for seven years. Why seven years? Because that's the length of the the Great Tribulation period. Now, some believe that the battle of Ezekiel 38 is actually the battle of Armageddon. Uh, The reason that it cannot be the battle of Armageddon is at the end of the seven-year trib with all nations, that is the battle of Armageddon. It's the sixth bold judgment. Remember that he calls for the uh, kings of the east to come and gathers them together in the valley of Megiddo. And it's the valley of of Armageddon. It's the very second to the last judgment. The last one is the seventh bowl. And we'll be talking about that this morning because it talks about these hailstones that weigh anywhere between (laughs) 75 and 150 pounds that... Um, pretty much destroy planet Earth, and that's the last judgment. So why cannot it be the battle of Armageddon? Because that's at the end of the seven-year period of time, where Ezekiel 38 is at the beginning of it. Everybody with me so far? Okay, those are just arguments that are out there. Um, I think it's a no-brainer that this is clearly at the beginning. I believe it triggers it. But before we get into Ezekiel 38, I would like to look back over the year 2020 
the most life-changing year in American history. Who would have thunk that on January 1, a year ago, that our country would change in such a way that nobody could even dream this stuff up. And uh, it has changed us. We will never be the same again as uh, we're going to watch further events unfold. One just happened last night. I did more research on it this morning. Blew my mind. And we asked the question, why? Well, here's the answer to the reason 2020 has become what it is. And I'm just going to spit it right out. We are currently at war with China. It is a cyber war for now. I think that changed last night. But as for right now, it's what we call a cyber war. It's how we fight wars in 2020. China said 20 years ago, straight out, that they would take the United States of America for themselves, for various reasons. Um, And they came right out and said it. And they were going to do that by 2049. Well, then they moved that date up to 2030. Then, in 2016, during the last election, remember when Jezebel, I mean Hillary, um, you got to throw some humor in here with a, with a study this serious, okay? So bear with me. They moved that date up to 2020. So it went from 2049 to 2030. Do you know that they had Dominion machines counting votes for Hillary in the 2016 election? except that Trump's votes were so overwhelming, the machines couldn't catch up. Well, they've fixed those problems, supposedly. But she was just supposed to, uh, they've been in bed with with China. Um, The Democratic Party, if you've been around for any period of time at all, is simply not a a Democratic Party. It ceases to exist as... um, um, being a Democrat. It just isn't the way it was 20, 20 years ago. And so what we have now is they've moved it up to 2020. That's now. And there's a reason that they have to do this. And it has a lot to do with the damage that President Trump has done to China over the last four years. In the last two weeks, he just blacklisted 25 more Fortune 500 companies out of China. What does that mean? You guys can't do business with these companies anymore. And this is, the the gloves are off. China is all in. Uh, People in both parties, the GOP and the Democratic Party, um, not so much on the GOP. I don't think President Trump had any idea just how deep this swamp was when he got there. And he found out, well, it was a lot bigger than what I thought. And he is um, doing things uh, very thoughtfully, methodically. And uh, as I speak, he's making some very important decisions with um, um, people that 
he's trying to figure out who he can trust and who he cannot trust. And so as we enter into this study, basically the bottom line, what we can prove beyond any shadow of any doubt, if we could ever get it into any court, including the Supreme Court, that President Trump won this election overwhelmingly. 80 million votes for Donald Trump. And yet what happens um, by using China and these Dominion machines, by the way, designed, owned, and operated by the Democratic Party, China, uh, rigged, we have a couple of them. We've, um, we've taken them apart and put them back together, and we can figure out how some of them work. They've been rigged. There are forged voting cards besides the machines. There's dead people that have been voting. Um, we've just discovered in the state of Wisconsin that 200,000 votes um, are illegitimate. That's breaking news, but it's not being reported on. And there's a reason it's not being reported on. Next followed lawsuit after lawsuit, not allowing us to examine them, even though we have some uh, proving that they were rigged. So we've the, the, the big one that shocked Trump, I think, the most was Roberts in the Supreme Court when uh, Texas wanted to put their evidence forward, and he denied it. And um, rumors about shouting matches going on and people being, he was telling people in the Supreme Court and federal judges, you do what I tell you to do, period. Now, what they have on these people, there's got to be reasons that there aren't patriots that are coming forward. Um, Let me just put it to you simply. They've been bought or threatened. I'm not talking millions, I'm talking billions. Uh, To make their life comfy cozy, but you better follow through with us buying you out or else. And I'm talking physical all the way through murder. I don't know how many of you were around when the Clinton Chronicles came out. You guys remember the Clinton Chronicles? Basically a list of of people that they couldn't quite get to court that were actually killed under the Clinton administration. Um, I remember talking to my friend Reed Ribble, who was a congressman for Wisconsin. Actually, Reed and I and another couple in the fellowship started uh, Appling Christian uh, School and went on for many, many, many years. And we would we would sit and talk. Um, he was, his family was very much involved in starting Calvary Bible. But he liked Bible prophecy. And he knew that it was, as we teach through the Bible, we taught it quite a bit. They didn't teach it quite as much over there. So he was, we'd sit for hours, and uh, he'd just pick my brain on what he thought uh, was coming down the pike. Uh, I think that's 20 years ago or, so, or something along those lines. But I remember asking him specifically about the Clinton Chronicles and what he knew about him. If I remember, he just rolled his eyes. And um, just how corrupt Washington, D.C. 
actually is. Um, I don't think Trump really had any idea. Well, after lawsuit after lawsuit um, being turned down with, we have so much evidence. Uh, There's different things that Trump can do right now. One is called the Declassification Act, which is a folder this thick just on Biden. And that's one option that he has, and he says, okay, this is what we got on you and your boy. And he can present that to him, and he said, or, and he can say, I'm going public with this. Or, depending upon who wins or doesn't win, it will give him an opportunity to um, not accept the position, concede victory to Trump. Otherwise, he could actually be labeled as an enemy of the state of the United States of America and go to jail, along with a whole lot of other people. He's just one. There's some, I can't get too personal here because of some I really want to see go to, go to jail. <laughs> Guantanamo Bay is just fine with me. But the point that I'm making right now is with the volume of evidence that we have against what's really going on is not being reported on, on the CNN, CBS, CNBS, C. NSBC, Fox, NBC, and what you hear every single night is not about what happened last night, and I doubt if you will hear it, but just how terrible the COVID virus is and how every night it's worse than the night before. Now, something really interesting happened when we were coming back from, from Arizona because every night they said, this is how many people died of covert um, today. And usually it was some you know, huge number that they would come out. What they're not telling us is this, that a person died being 96 years old last night, he died. And whether he had COVID-19 or not, didn't matter, he got counted. So you have these astronomical numbers and then something strange, the last night there was there, there, night after night they keep building it up, ignoring every other news story that's out there. And they said, people who died of COVID-19 yesterday, one. One person. And I kind of set me back. And I think it's because the information now and the proof comes out more and more every single day after today's Bible study, we're live streaming around the world, it'll come out even more. And there are real patriots in our country who are getting up and said, I've had enough, and I'm not gonna take it anymore. And Trump, if you don't do something about it, we will. Because if we don't, we are the only thing that stands in the way of what's called Reset 21. You guys familiar with that in Europe? Reset 21 is the countries of the world coming together for a one world government. We have one, they have one little problem. It's called Donald Trump and the United States of America. He's got to go. And if he doesn't go, China is in such financial straits right now. Like I said, it's getting worse and worse and worse. They have no option. 
They have to go all out, all the way. So we see that they began their plan two years ago. Um, They've had the uh, pandemic, COVID virus up and running. Of course, it's from China. Um, It is a worldwide fear. When in your life would you ever think that you could bring and force people uh, to wear masks worldwide? And if you don't, uh, you're a problem and you're killing people. And it's freaking people out to the point that they're going crazy, a lot of them. Um, What we have that an unbeliever does not have right now is we have the whole picture. Jesus said what? Perilous times are going to come. These are the beginning of sorrows. I saw an article yesterday. It was, oh, Lord, help me remember. Um, Is this it? Subtitle? Or is this just the calm before the storm? You know what it is? It's just the calm before the storm. Well, why do you say that, Dwight? Because I know what happens during the tribulation period. And if Ezekiel 38 is on a stage and is taking place right now, that triggers a seven-year period of time that Jesus said will be the worst period of time that the world has ever seen. There has never been anything like it before, nor will there be anything like it afterwards. There's hints of it in the psalm that we read this morning. Um, Is COVID-19 real? Absolutely, it's real. I've had it. I can't tell me, I can't tell you how many people here sitting this morning said, yeah, we had it. Two or three days. Uh, Some affected more than others. But if you have a healthy immune system, especially if you're younger, um, you have a 99.9% chance of surviving COVID-19. It's the common flu a different strain of it, it's, it's a cold. Different strain of it, we still haven't figured out a way to cure the common cold, have we? No. But my, my point here is the way they've, they've exploited it. And they've used the media, they've used Hollywood, and they used prominent people. And that's, uh, um, you know, it's the old saying, tell a lie long enough and eventually people are going to believe it. So this is a flat, all-out lie and yet it's it's crippled our nation. Forget our nation, it's crippled the, the world. Israel just um, yesterday went down on their third um, completely closing. Closing up everything for the third time. So They've taken over the media financially. These guys are all paid off. Um, They've taken over a good portion of Hollywood. Um, The late night shows are, of course, making fun of Trump and and trying to make him look like the bad guy in all this. Um, Some states have mandatory stay-at-home and um, depending upon who your governor is, I have a list of 29 governors that are members of the CCP. 
China Communist Party, card-carrying members. And then there are other governors that are in bed with them. They're just not signed up as members. So the plan is to take America down. And um, it isn't down yet, but, but let's face it. One out of five businesses are out of business. One out of five churches are closed down. Suicide is off the charts. People are experiencing things they've never experienced um, in, their, in their entire life. Again, I, I, I shared this on Christmas Eve, I think, when Judy and I were in Arizona because it's warm down there and people are fleeing uh, California like crazy. Um, there's a lot of street people. And never in my life have I seen looks on people's faces of complete despair and hopelessness. I, I tried to show you, but I, I, I couldn't put it into words. The look of complete um, despair and hopelessness. Not knowing what to do. I'm thinking that this guy just loses his job. Um, certainly he's on the street. Um, I said, I was talking to John Higgins, pastor of Calvary Chapel Tri-City in uh, Tempe. And I said, John, I was really expecting to see uh, more people uh, on the streets around this area right here. He says, you don't see them. You know why? You see that great big hotel across the street? The city bought it. And that's where they're putting them. That's why they're, so they, they at least have a, a place to go. But there are still um, um, many people um, that are in that, in that state of mind. Well, the solution. Well, they say the solution is vaccines. And um, so we have... Pfizer and Gates and coming up with this, hurry up, we got to get this out. What usually would take years to get approval from the FDA and so on and so forth. All of a sudden, you can get them tomorrow if you want to. Well, I asked Mary to do something for me because as far as Gates is concerned, uh, he is one of these crazy guys who wants depopulation of planet Earth. I know that sounds wild and crazy, but how do you accomplish something like that? Bear with me as I read the ingredients in COVID vaccine ingredients, because a lot of these words are really big and they're really long. (laughs) Okay, here we go. This is what's in the vaccine that has currently come out to treat COVID vaccine ingredients. Aluminum hydroxide, uh, human diploid cells, um, aborted human fetal tissue, ammonium sulfate, squalene from shark livers, I can't pronounce that word, amphotericin B, latex, animal tissue, um, pig blood, mercury, horse blood, MSGs, rabbit brain, um, neocyrum sulfate, dog kidney, 
uh, feel red indicator, monkey kidney, antifreeze, chick embryos, potassium dipophate, chicken egg, potas- potassium, uh, duck egg, um, calf serum, otherwise known as uh, bovine, uh, polysobate 80, I uh, can't pronounce the next one, beta propiolactone. Anybody know what that is? <laughs> I don't. Doesn't sound good to me. Um, fetal bovine serum. Um, formalin gelatin, glycose, and tribophytosates. So we have a list of that's what's in your typical vaccine that I believe eventually they're going to require it to become mandatory. And so right now, um, that's not the case. And yet, um, I can just tell you straight out, my wife and I are not taking this one. (laughs) And if they come to your house and you say, well, then you're not going to be able to be doing much because you're a health threat to the rest of humanity if you don't take this. Now, this might be a little bit farther down the line. But um, I believe Fauci now is really pushing this. And again, when you watch the news, what's the main headline every night? It's worse than the night before. And they're saying, and they're really promoting this. They showed people actually getting the shot. I don't believe for a second when they gave it to Biden, they were giving him this one. Um, And... I've seen the stories are out there, nurses getting it and passing right out and falling right over. Some of them have died. Some of them have serious side effects. And now the latest is, if you have any allergies, don't take the vaccine. So we could talk a lot about that. But basically, what they're seeking to accomplish right now is to divide the United States of America, make it as weak as possible, and actually get us to fight against each other. It comes in the form of Black Lives Matter, where you have now, um, by the way, who was um, uh, and Antifa, both of them sponsored and supported by George Soros and his billions, and what they've done is successfully, who was I watching, which game was I watching? Um, they're playing the national anthem and everybody's standing up and I'm going yes and they're singing um, uh, uh, our American theme song and then I saw these two, two black guys with kneels to the ground and um, it just grieved me because what they're doing is they're causing division. And that's the plan. Make us weak, bring us down. And um, just this last week, President Trump, I, had, I got this verified, arrested 6,000 people and put them in prison because he sees what's coming. And I'm wondering to myself, how many of these 6,000 people were involved with Black Lives Matter, which is really a terrorist group to cause 
they'll end up in different cities uh, just to stir things up. And the same with Antifa. Why are they doing this? To bring us down, to divide our country. Trump saw this coming in 2018. So in 2018, President Trump created the executive order giving him power that he has power to enact things that were not in place before 2018. Some some of them, or two of them that I'll make mention of, and when I said pray for President Trump, because I think he's making these decisions right now as we speak. Uh, The rumors were that he was actually going to break this on Christmas Eve. There's two, uh, the two main ones. Um, The one that the would cause the least damage was this declassification with folders on everything from Nancy Pelosi to Hillary to Biden. The real, the real bad guy I'm finding out through all this is Obama. And he was really the one that got behind all of this and uh, has many interests in China in interacting. So what he did in 2018 is he created this executive order giving him, um, the Insurrection Act was already in place in martial law, but it gave him some powers that he didn't have before. For those of you who are unfamiliar with it, let me just read a paragraph on the Insurrection Act. It is a federal law. Uh, The Insurrection Act of 1807 is a United States federal law that empowers the President of the United States to deploy U.S. military and federalize National Guard troops within the United States. In particular circumstances, such as to press civil disorder, insurrection, and rebellion. It has been used in moments of extreme national strife, the Civil War, the rise of the Ku Klux Klan, uh, violent labor disputes, uh, and riots that followed Martin Luther King Jr.'s death. It's called the Insurrection Act. It gives him much power. And then there's martial law. Martial law is the actual exercise of government and control by military authorities over the civilian population of a designated territory. When martial law is in effect, the military commander of an area or country has unlimited authority to make and enforce laws. I'm just going to tell you what I personally think is going to happen. I personally think there's going to be a partial military law but it's only going to be in these swing states that we're not allowed to go to and get these Dominion machines. So he declares martial law over them, gets the federal um, officials involved, and they simply pull up a U-Haul and haul them out of there. And um, I think that should have been done probably a little earlier than right now because every day, my friends, that goes by... um, I think it becomes more of a bloody situation that is is going to um, come out of this. So, um, no matter who wins, Trump or Biden, Trump over won overwhelmingly, but they're not letting that evidence out, will probably lead to some sort of a civil war. 
It'll weaken America. And this is where the lights went on for me because for years I've wondered, when I study Ezekiel 38, why isn't the most powerful nation in the world involved in this war to protect Israel? Why are not they listed when all other ones are? So America is so involved with everything else, I don't know if they could actually get involved um, with another major war in the Middle East, and that's exactly what Ezekiel 38 is all about. I want you to write this down. I don't know if we got it on a screen or not. You can't get real news. I'm only gonna mention one because it's extremely credible and it tells you the real news. Stuff that we're talking about this morning that you're not gonna hear on the major TV networks. It's simply called Epic Times, E-P-O-C-H Times dot com. I read it daily. It is extremely accurate. Um, Do we have that on screen? I don't know. I mentioned it, but I don't don't think we did. But anyway, let me say it again. It's called Epic Times, E-P-O-C-H-T-I-M-E dot com. I listened to at least three or four other ones. One will be up on the screen shortly that I will show you, um, an Israeli one that reports on uh, what's happening specifically in Israel. So... With that being said, um, as we look back, what do we look back on? Most unbelievable year in American's history. That has uh, weakened us, it has divided us. Republicans against Democrats, but I'm finding out a lot of the um, Republicans aren't much better. Um, What President Trump has going for him right now, except for the leadership and the highest levels of the army, and I'm not talking the men underneath the army, we have the military, we have the Navy, we have the Air Force, and we have our special new units up in space. They are all behind and supportive of Trump. And he can uh, interact the uh, martial law or the Insurrection Act and it'll give him the power to do whatever he wants to. And what I'd like to see him have do is to completely clean house. I mean, pull the plug completely, and and not just a couple governors. About 1,600 people that are completely sold sold out to bring down this country. We have their names, and um, that's what I would like to see happen, because that would drain the swamp and let them all have a party down in Guantanamo Bay. A lot of you are thinking, I've never heard a Bible study like this before. (laughs) That's just the introduction. (laughs) That's just looking back and looking ahead. Something very big is going to happen either on January 6th or the day after, no matter who wins. Um, It's going to hit the fan in one way or the other. And he has at least five or six different options. And if, if you just do your own research, there are websites that I listen to daily, but 
um, for reasons they're total patriots. Love America, millions of them. Um, but because some of them aren't born again, they tend to slip into, let's just say, use colorful language from time to time. And so I can't stand up here from the pulpit and say, here's a good one, listen into that. And all of a sudden you get halfway through it and he starts using naughty words, let's just put it that way. <laughs> so how can I do that? I can't. I can with Epic. So that's one that you can, but please do your own research. My wife and I can handle a bad word here and there if I see the heart and the enthusiasm and the patriotism and the love and this person realizing that unless we stand up right now, we will cease to be the only thing stopping um, um, uh, Reset 21, which is basically a one world government. Here's the irony in all of this. What does the Bible predict will be in, uh, in the last days? What will we have? A one world government. So I'm watching things unfold exponentially. And how we end up on that, I don't know. But I know I'm watching it. And that'll be one of the things that I'm gonna encourage you to do as we close our study this morning. So looking back, uh, it's been quite a year. This week, Thursday, we begin 2021. And so looking ahead, um, who knows for sure how this is gonna shake out. All right, with that, we can begin our Bible study. <laughs> Let's read the first two verses of Ezekiel chapter 38. This does fit into the book of Revelation, but it's a prophecy. 36 and 37 is fulfilled. 36 and 37 is a promise that they'll come back again into the land. Check it off. That's happened. We are living between chapter 37 and chapter 38. So, now the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, set your face against Gog in the land of Magog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal, and prophesy against him, and say, thus says the Lord God, because I am against you, O Gog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal. Who do we have in view? Gog is a word for ruler, meaning roof, which actually means the man on top. I can't think of a better name for a dictator than Gog. If he is not at the top, he's not a dictator. And if he is on the top, he is a dictator. Magog means head. It is a Hebrew word for rosh, which means head. Dean Stanley, in his exhaustive history of Eastern Church, published half a century ago, has a note founded on uh, Genesis, one of his works, the great Hebrew scholar, to the effect that the word Rosh should be Russia. Then Dean Stanley added that this is the only reference to a modern nation in the entire Old Testament, and this is indeed remarkable. So as we read verse one and two, who we have in view here is Russia. They're the main game player right now. But as I've been 
studying this, I finding, I'm finding out that the real enemy that we're up against right now is China. But what they're trying to do is do a lot of this behind the scene and try to make it look like it's Russia. Don't get me wrong, they're all in bed together. But China is pushing a lot of this and saying, look, you, had, you and Russia have been going at this for a long, long time. And um, communism never really ever, ever died. So the first two verses, what we have here in view is God saying, I'm against you, Russia. Why would he be against Russia? You ever hear of a Russian gulag? You know what it is? It's a prison camp. In the Holocaust, Hitler killed six million Jews. In uh, Russian gulags, 70 million. Because they got rid of the church, no belief in God, Karl Marx at the top of the heap. And it's all about not the people being bad, it's the people in leadership that are bad. They're the ones that are really the ones that are evil. So the Lord says, I'm against you, and I'm, I'm going to deal with you. I'm going to put a hook in your jaw. So that's verse um, 1 and 2. So should include 3 with that. And say, thus says the Lord God, because I'm against you, O Gog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal. So we're introduced to who the Lord is against and he says, whether you like it or not, I'm going to bring you into a war, and that's where I'm going to deal with you. But the one who is leading all this, and I'll mention at this point that Russia has been the supplier of arms to Turkey, um, Iran, and many of these other states that we're going to be reading here. In verses 4 through 7, it's not just Russia, but it is the names of the other countries that are going to be involved in this war. And at this time, I'm going to put up on the screen a picture of the nations that we're going to read. At least I hope I am. And there it is. It might be hard to see, but let me just draw your attention to verses 4 through 7. I will turn you around and put hooks into your jaw and lead you out with all your army horses, horsemen, splendid clothing, great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. Again, an attempt to have uh, Ezekiel explain 20 and 21st century military um, armament. With them, okay, here are the cities. Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya. Just up within the last 100 years, Iran was not called Iran. What was it called? Persia. So what we're reading here is Persia. They're number two on the list. Ethiopia, Libya, all of them with their shields and helmets, and Gomar, and all of its troops in the house of Togarma uh, from the far north and all of its troops and many peoples are with you. Prepare yourself. Be ready. 
you and all your companies that are gathered about you and be a guard for them. The word guard there is a supplier. In other words, the military um, equipment is being supplied by Gog. It's probably one of the only resources that they have right now besides some natural gas and oil for their exports. They are on a critical um, line too as their country is in dire straits along with China. So here's a a picture of what we have in view. Um, And verse eight, it tells us when this will take place. So let's just read verse, uh, well, we'll read verse eight and nine. When is this gonna happen? After many days, you will be visited in the what? Latter years. You will come into the land from those that are brought back from the sword. Well, that's chapter 37. Now they're back in the land. They've been there for 71 years. And gathered from many peoples on the mountains of Israel, which have long been desolate, they were brought out of the nations. Now all of them dwell safely. You will descend, coming like a storm, covering the land like a cloud, you and all your troops and many peoples with you. Now, the the reason for the war here uh, is given to us, well, first of all, verse eight and nine is important because it tells us the latter years. 10 through 12 tells us the reason for the war. Thus says the Lord God, on that day it shall come to pass that thoughts will arise in your mind and you will make an evil plan. You will say, I will go up against the land of unwalled villages. I will go to a peaceful people who dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls and having neither bars nor gates. Why? To take plunder, to take booty, to stretch out your hand against the waste places that are yet inhabited and against the people gathered uh, from the nations who have acquired livestock and goods who dwell in the midst of the land. Um, Israel is beautiful, depending upon what part of the country you're in. Its technology is second to none in the world. Uh, We'll sell them our new F-35s. You know what they do with them? They modify them, make them better. (laughs) That's how smart they are. I don't think it's fair that God gave Jewish people smarter brain cells than mine. You know, it's just not right. I mean, some people have the gift of music and they're tremendous musician, singer, songwriters. Well, my beef is with their brains. (laughs) And they have this capacity, technologically, to improve and make anything better than anybody else can. And um, the Lord says, I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. Go, you want to get blessed? Go out of your way and bless a Jewish person in any way that you can. So the reason in verse uh, 12 here is to take a plunder. 
Not to mention, just recently, within the last 10 years, this unbelievable Leviathan um, natural gas reservoir 74 miles off the shores of Haifa. Um, Israel, uh, economically, um, and as far as its energy needs are concerned, they're exporting it. They're building a, a pipeline to Europe to sell it. They just discovered oil on the Golan Heights. My guide always used to kid me. I said, you're going to find oil here someday. He says, we'll never find oil here. And um, God gave the oil to the Arabs, and he gave us Israel. And I, it was so enjoyable when they discovered oil on the Golan Heights. And I said, Zev, how many years have we been arguing about finding oil on the Golan Heights? But this natural gas is one of the largest in the world. And we've already signed contracts with Europe, which really bothers Russia. Now, what I think the hook is, remember it says, I'm going to put a hook in your mouth, and I'm going to bring you down, for what reason? To take a spoil. Russia really has no competition when it comes to supplying energy to Europe. And they proved it one year, they cut it off for a month just to show the authority that they had. And now, all of a sudden, they have competition. But what if there's a series of events where Israel's favorite nation, the United States of America, becomes so weakened that it's actually falling itself and can't come to the rescue? Having said that, I gotta follow my notes here so I don't get too far ahead of myself. So I think the hook is to take the plunder as far as Russia is concerned. Um, Who's not involved in verse 13? So we have the countries that are involved, but in verse 13, we have an Arab country that's not involved, Sheba and Dedan. Both of these are cities in Saudi Arabia. Within the last two weeks, Saudi Arabia has just given Israel permission to fly over their fly zone in case there was a war between them and Iran. That's within the last two weeks. They're not involved. It was Iran that sent the cruise missile that took out their oil fields. You guys remember that about a year ago? And so one is Shiite and one is Sunni, and they hate each other. And so they're not involved. They're on the sideline. They're asking questions. And the merchants of Tarshish and all the young lions uh, will say to you, have you come to take a plunder? And they'll say, what are you guys up to? What are you doing? Have you gathered your army to take booty? to carry away silver and gold, to take away livestock and goods, uh, to take away a great plunder. So who is not involved here is mentioned. Speculation on who Tarshish um, is. Um, Some refer to that as possibly being um, Europe. 
and the young lions could be a reference to America, but that's all speculative. The only one I can tell you for sure that's not involved with this war against Israel is Saudi Arabia. 14 through 16 tells us again um, the time frame. Therefore, son of man, prophesy and say to Gog, thus says the Lord God, on that day when my people Israel dwell safely, will you not know it? Then you will come from your place out of the far north. If you take a ruler and uh, put it on Jerusalem and have it go straight north, you will run into Moscow. Straight north, from the far north. You and many peoples with you and them riding on horses and great companies and, and great um, army. Uh, you will come up against my people like a cloud to cover the land. It will be when? In the latter days. I will bring against you my land so that the nations may know me when I am hallowed in you, O Gog, before their eyes. Now, in these verses here, that's coming up, I want to go back just a little bit to something I passed over with the information that's, um, I'll, I'll find it before I let you go this morning. The next uh, verses that um, reveal the Lord getting involved with this himself is when will this actually take place? And we read again now in 14 through 16, it'll be in the latter days. But here, I want you to think about this. This is the first time that God reveals himself in such a way that hasn't happened since Egypt. Where we're told, and we'll read now verses 17 through the end of the chapter. Thus says the Lord God, are you he of whom I have spoken in former days by my servant the prophets of Israel who prophesied for years in those days that I would bring you against them? And it will come to pass at the same time when God comes against the land of Israel says the Lord God, that my fury will show in my face. Uh, Revelation 6, verse 17 calls this the wrath of the Lamb. For in my jealousy and in the fire of my wrath I have spoken. Surely in that day there will be a great earthquake in the land of Israel, so that the fish of the sea, the birds of the heavens, the beasts of the field, all creeping things that creep on the earth, and all men who are on the face of the earth shall shake at my presence. The mountains will be thrown down, the steep places shall fall, every wall shall fall to the ground. I will call for a sword against Gog, Russia, throughout all mountains, says the Lord God. Every man's sword will be against his brother, in other words, confusion. And I will bring him to judgment with pestilence and bloodshed. Notice this. I will rain down on him and on his troops and on many peoples who are with him, flooding rain, great hailstones, and then it says fire and brimstones. 
Thus I will magnify myself and sanctify myself and I will be known in the eyes of many nations and then they shall know that I am the Lord. This phrase, then they shall know that I am the Lord is repeated 52 times in the book of Ezekiel. Turn with me, if you would please, to Exodus chapter nine. And I'm gonna give you a little bit of time to get to it. Exodus 9, pick it up at verse 22. The setting here are the judgments that God used to deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt. I'm gonna pick it up. Um, This is part of the sixth, uh, the seventh plague. Verse 22. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand towards heaven that there may be hail in the land of Egypt, on man, on beast, on every herb of the field, throughout the land of Egypt. And Moses stretched out his rod toward heaven, and the Lord sent thunder and hail, and a fire darted to the ground. And the Lord rained hail on the land of Egypt. So there was hail, and notice, and fire mingled with the hail. So very heavy, that there was none like it in the land of Egypt says it became a nation. And the hail struck throughout the whole land of Egypt, all that was in the field, both man and beast. The hail struck every herb of the field and broke every tree of the field, only in the land of Goshen. That's where the Jews were. Where where the children of Israel were, was there no hail? And Pharaoh sent and called for Moses. This is, this is going to be at the beginning of the tribulation period and we're gonna see God actively involved and they're gonna know as we just read back in Ezekiel 39, I'm going to magnify myself among many nations. In other words, let's put it in simple terms. There really is a God. We've just seen him do something. And they were completely outnumbered and going to be destroyed. America doesn't get them out of this one. Who does? God himself gets involved. And even when Pharaoh saw all these things that God did, turning the water into blood and doing all these other miracles, it finally took the death of the firstborn to cut them loose. But even when the seventh one hit, they knew it was God, but he hardened his heart, okay? I wanna camp on this a little bit uh, and begin to wind things up. How close are we to Ezekiel 38 war? How close are we? My answer, close. How close are we to the rapture of the church if we can't be a part of any any part of the stuff that we're seeing happening right now? My answer is close. The question that I would put before you as we close up this morning is, what should should we do about it? And I would suggest these two things. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 25. And I wanna talk to the church at large. Those that are born again church and those that are not born again church. 
They call themselves Christians, but some are saved and born again and some are not. It's the parable of the 10 virgins. A lot of good Bible teachers do not believe that the Olivet Discourse should be in um, chapters 24 and 25. Pastor Chuck Smith, Calvary Chapels in general, all see it as part of the second coming and should absolutely be included as what we should be doing as we see the Lord's coming. Let's look at verse one. The kingdom of heaven, this is the 10 virgins, Matthew 25. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened unto 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Well, this is the church, body of Christ. He's the bridegroom, we're the bride, we're the virgins. Now five of them were wise, five were foolish. Those who were foolish took no lamps and took no oil with them. Oil is always symbolic of the spirit, in this case the Holy Spirit. So in my mind's eye, I'm talking here, the wise being spirit-filled Christians. But the wise took no vessels with their lamps. They were virgin in name, church name only. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. All right, now I'm gonna stop here and address something that I hope wakes a whole lot of people up because of what's happening right now. Um, Last night, you know that there was a bomb that went off in Nashville, Tennessee, right in front of the AT&T building. And as I'm listening to these reports, it said it affected a 180 mile radius around it. But they were puzzled because it was at ground level, there wasn't that much damage to the buildings. And if it was aimed at AT&T installation, that's all on top of the buildings. And they were speculating, well, maybe they had some sort of smaller EM uh, electromagnetic pulse that took it out. They couldn't really come up with an answer. And I'm not knowing if I'm buying this or not. So I picked up the phone, I called Chuck Gerard, who lives in Nashville, Tennessee. He picked up. And I said, well, you're talking to me. And he goes, yeah. <laughs> I said, do you know right now? And he says, yeah, yeah, all my friends are complaining about it. I don't have AT&T. But all my friends are they're flipping out. They don't have Wi-Fi, they don't have internet, they don't have a phone, they don't have, they don't have nothing. But that was last night. When I woke up this morning, I, I checked this out, I went out, and no matter what the news people tell you, because they're not gonna tell you this on CBS or NBC or any of the other ones, is I saw video footage, video, of a missile coming from the top, striking this building. A missile coming from the top. I said, I don't believe it. So I spent the next 10 minutes Googling everything I could think of, and it was coming up one right after another, after another, after another, with live footage of the video, still 
screens. The only one that showed one that was different was Google. They showed the tower, but they erased all the missile that would be coming in. It was clearly fired, and we just went from a cyber war to a possible military conflict. I triple dog dare you. Isn't that the right thing to say this time of year? (laughs) I triple dog dare you to be a Berean because what I said and the reason I'm saying it is I'm afraid much of the church today is where it says here they were asleep and slumbering and we have all this stuff that's going on. My friend Chuck Missler, before he went to be with the Lord, for years when he taught on Ezekiel 38, he said, it can't happen yet. Turkey's not in the picture. But when Turkey comes in, then you better be watching. And he came up with this word, and I could never remember it, and it bothered me, and I was talking to Mary about it, and she says, I know what you're talking about. I know which word you're thinking about. And I said, well, tell me. <laughs> and she says, it's, not, it's right on the tip of my tongue. And after the service was over, she came up and she said, normality bias. Just think about what I just said. Normality bias. Just let that settle in. This was a Chuck Missler word. In other words, there's so many heavy things coming down right now that our human nature has this normality. Everything's fine. Oh yeah, the world's falling apart. Our nation is crumbling from the inside out. And he came up with this term, normality bias. Don't let that happen to you. What, what were they doing? The Lord was about to come, but he says, don't fall into this sleeping and slumbering. And then all of a sudden it happened. We're talking the rapture here. At midnight, a cry was heard Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. I think it's being shouted from the mountaintops right now. The Lord is coming. I mean, um, I'm, there's rumors out there of a, a much larger scale war going on because China has nothing to lose. And that's a real probability for 2020. So I don't think the Lord would let the church go through that. He might. Um, but if it's, if it's the beginning of um, the tribulation, absolutely not, because the church doesn't go through the tribulation. Then it says, then those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. They were ready. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, no, lest Uh, There should be not enough for us, and you go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterwards, the other virgins, Christians supposedly, came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I don't know you. They called themselves Christian. They weren't ready. No oil. And then what does he tell us to do? How do we escape the normality biased? 
Wake up, church. Be included. See what's happening. Watch, therefore. For you do not know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. No, I don't know the day. I don't know if it's going to be in two o'clock in the afternoon. But I know 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 says that we are children of the day. And that day should not overtake us as a thief. Because we should see what's going on in the world and take advantage of it and let people know what's really coming down. And this is what you can give them for a good resource. That uh, epicnews.com. It tells you the real news. And um, let's go, and last verse that I'll leave you with is in Hebrews as a word of encouragement in these very difficult times. This will be our last verse for the day. And one that I think needs to be repeated often in the times in which we live. Why? Because we do not want normality bias to settle in on us. We want to have this saying that says, we wake up every morning and say, perhaps today. Sure looks like it to me. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of hope without wavering. I heard somebody tell me that I had a Christian friend that says, I'm done. I'm just going to give up. Too much stress, too much going on. And uh, I'm giving up. And here we're told doing just the opposite. Hold fast the confession of our faith without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Did he not say, I'm coming again? Can God lie? No. That where I am, you may be also. You know what that gives me? Hope. Why do people take their lives? Because they have no hope. When you have hope, you can go through the fire just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But who's in the fire with you? The Lord. I'll never leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. Could there be tough days ahead? First 300 years of Christianity, they, they died in the Colosseum by the lions, crucified, all the disciples martyred. We could be headed into stuff like that. Are you going to be able to handle it? And that's why Bible studies like this, I know this. Some people are here today because, oh, it's Christmas message time, and I need to go at least twice a year, and uh, so I better end up going to church this morning. It's sort of an obligation. Boy, you weren't thinking about getting this, I'll tell you that. And then it says, he who has promised is faithful. No matter what you go through, What's the worst that could happen? Oh, I might die. You know what Paul says to dad? Paul says, oh, death, where's your sting? Oh, grave, where's your victory? In other words, bring it on. If they come after me with a gun, they say, um, either capitulate or you're gonna die. You know what I'm gonna say to them? Don't miss. (laughs) I have two guns. Oh, okay, so they're BB guns, but. (laughs) And one doesn't shoot straight anyway. And let us consider one another in order to stir up and love in good works. 
Guys, take this with you. Don't fall into the, the normality biased and thinking, well, every day is the same. Nothing's gonna change. Everything has changed. And if you can't see that everything has changed in our country in this last year, then we're blind. Everything has changed. It'll never be the same. And exactly what the Bible says is what we are headed into. Then what does it say? Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some is. But exhort one another. That's what we're doing this morning. We're exhorting you. And so much more as you see the day approaching. Closing question. Do you see the day approaching? Do we have instructions on what to do and how to do it? I'll leave that with an amen. Let's stand and we'll pray. Lord, we thank you for your word this morning. You warned us that we would be living in perilous times. You warned us that people's hearts would fail them for fear seeing the things that are coming upon this planet. But Lord, um, we pray that as whatever happens, whoever wins, that I'm glad that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that you change not. We've read the end of the book, and even if uh, some would die of health or disease or other reasons, that we simply get to go home, which is far better. So we thank you that you've told us these things ahead of time. And as we close out 2020, we hold up this coming year to you. Prayer will be done and that you would guide and direct our steps. And um, we just thank you, Lord, for your word and the strength that you give us during these troublesome times. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.